Hey, 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 what up, gang? It's Q&A Day with your girl, Dr. Dawn, where I answer juicy questions from our listeners. Let's jump in. What up, gang? Welcome to this week's Q&A sesh. And we got some juicy questions again this week. Once again, I want to thank everybody for submitting questions. Please don't stop submitting your questions. I'm getting a lot of good feedback from our audience and listeners. So you guys are Deeply appreciated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So the two questions for today are, what's your proudest career moment? And what role does faith play in my life and work? Love it, love it, love it. All right, what's my proudest career moment? Well, I guess I have two. One is when I defended my dissertation um, to get my PhD or my PsyD. So I went to the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine and um, of course, you know, I was the only African-American in my class at the time, had a tough time because I was a much less refined Dr. Carlson, Dr. Dawn, not to say I'm refined now though, <laughs> but it was a lot less refined then. And so um, my chair, she was a female Caucasian woman and she, um, she and I had, but, but, but it has quite a bit on my dissertation. She kept kind of switching things up and it just got a little, a little uh, tenuous and uh, the other two uh, people that was on my chair was two uh, women and one man, all of uh, white people. And the one male pretty much insinuated that this was just, you know, a little bit over the top for him as well. So, but it is what it is. It was what it was. So anyway, when it was time to defend my dissertation, I did a PowerPoint presentation. And at this time, PowerPoint was kind of new to the scene, at least for this crowd. So let's say this was 2002 when I defended it. And so my chair was um, so impressed with my presentation because truth be told, she didn't really think I was a student enough to be called doctor, right? For, and I can say that from our interactions during my um, time writing my dissertation. So, um, you know, me, I showed up with like 20 folk because you could invite anybody you wanted to invite. <laughs> so I invited 20 folk, all the color. It was a really awesome day. People traveled from Harrisburg. It was so nice. People traveled from Harrisburg to be there. Um, my BFF, Pinky, and her um, husband, my cousin Nate, they were there. They came from Jersey and I actually stayed with them, um, you know, that night so that I could be, you know, there on time without any distractions and kind of focus and practice. Jermaine brought the boys down. My sister, I think my sister, one of my sisters was there. So it was about 20 of us. My mom, Frances, was there. So we were all there and all people of color. And um, I defended my dissertation and they were so impressed. And I think they were more impressed with the, the PowerPoint presentation than the actual data. So those of you who know me know my undergrad is computer science. So that gives me a little bit of a edge when it comes to technology and a little bit of an edge when it comes to uh applications and software just a little bit because they have changed the apps and software has changed tremendously over the years and my nephew Sean and I always go back and forth about uh that but anyway that presentation was the bomb.com y'all and they were just so impressed almost insultingly impressed <laughs> but that's okay because I walked away and I looked at them and I said because once you defend you're technically a doctor and our graduation wasn't until a year later so um I walked away and before I left, I said, is anybody in here going to call me Dr. Dawn or Dr. Crossan? And so finally somebody said it. It's almost like they didn't want to say it because not only did I not fit the mold of, of a doctorate student because I was an African-American female, but also because I was an African-American female from the hood. 
because there was a girl in my class under me and she was from the suburbs and she had a different presentation. Um, and I think that was more socially acceptable to them. But me during that time, again, I was less refined. I was rolling in class with Adidas sweatsuits and um, baseball caps, <laughs> big old earrings. And I, they just did not appreciate it. And I knew they didn't. And I just, that just made me come even harder that way. Cause it was class, you know, I would leave work and I would change, you know, and I had to travel to Philadelphia for a lot of my class coursework. So, you know, I wanted to be comfortable. So, um, so I didn't fit the mold. So defending my dissertation was like, yeah, in your face, Karen, what? And tell your boy, Hank, I did this, but all glory and praise goes to God because I can't even take any credit for that because the boy, my sons were young. I was working full time. My husband was working full time. And, um, I can remember my baby boy saying to me when I told him I had to go to get study for class or something. And my baby looked at me and he said, I didn't know you were in school. And that truly blessed me because that meant that at least for a period of time, I was balancing, I don't know if the word balance is the right word, but I, I was doing enough as a mom that they didn't recognize that I was, I was in school. So that was a very exhausting time for my husband and I. So I just give all the glory to, um, and praise to Jesus Christ, the righteous himself, because I really can't take no credit for it. But I was hyped. Cause I was like, yeah, Karen, yeah, Hank, now what? <laughs> so that's one of my proudest moments. And then my second proudest moment happened not too long ago where anybody those who are connected to me or have my um, email blast or whatever that's on my email list know that um we're trying to launch a trauma recovery center here in harrisburg and that model was created by dr alicia bocellari and she's out of san francisco university of san francisco and she is such a wonderful um humble she's a brilliant woman who created this model and um, somehow, nothing but God's divine, divine interaction and my program develop, developer, Carita's um, tenacity that we somehow got connected. Tanita, Carita just on a whim reached out to them and they responded. And Dr. B has been working with us on the model. And it's just been such a, um, a delight to work with her and to gain so much insight and knowledge. And we found out that this trauma center that's going to be launched soon, soft launch uh the first week of april where we start seeing families is actually the first trc trauma center trauma recovery center in pennsylvania so there are other trauma models in pennsylvania but the trauma recovery center it is supposed to be the first of its kind here in um pennsylvania and so that was a tremendous tremendous moment to know that um, and to be connected to the maker of the model, the, the, uh, founder of the model and for her to have such a high regard for myself and the team. So to add icing to that cake, um, president Biden's daughter, Ashley Biden reached out to, um, Dr. B because she wanted to begin to develop trauma center, a trauma center in the Philadelphia area. And Dr. B told Alicia I'm sorry, Dr. B told Ashley, President Biden's daughter, that there was already being a trauma center being launched in the Harrisburg area. And she told uh, Ashley about me, Dr. Dawn. So I was outdone when she shared that with me. I was like, oh my God, Dr. B, like you really think that highly of my team and myself that you would tell the president's daughter about us. And she was like, yes. And as a result of Dr. B's confidence 
in my team and in myself, we were um, able to meet um, Ashley Biden and begin to discuss uh, in detail uh, finding funding, appropriate funding, so that the Trauma Recovery Center would be launched um, effectively. So that was absolutely my most, one of my most, my second most proudest moment in my career um, to be regarded that highly by someone who is a pioneer. Dr. B is a pioneer in trauma recovery research uh, for her to recognize my work in trauma. Just little Southwest Philadelphia sister, Philly sister, that was just um, outstanding and such a blessing. And I'm so honored and humbled to be thought like that because in the back of my mind, I'm like, yo, I watch cartoons. I love playing with children. Um, I don't keep up with current events as much as I should because uh, I do therapy all day, every day. So current events can be depressing. So I just feel like, you know, not that I'm nobody because I know God makes us all important, but just to be that highly regarded by um, someone of Dr. B's stature in terms of the work and trauma, and then to be recommended to President Biden's daughter was just a proud, blessed moment. Okay, so that's the first question. Our next question is, what role does faith play in my life and work? So as you can tell from that first answer is that I give all glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, I was so damaged, so damaged after the deaths of my parents. And had it not been for folk praying for me, for my church family in Philadelphia, Pastor Rosa, my best, my best friend, um, Monica and Wanda, had it not been for their faith, in me and Jesus Christ and the prayers of the righteous, I wouldn't even be standing before you, let alone trying to help others. So um, I count it all to him, to Christ. So the role that I play, that it plays in my life is that I realize that I really can't be an effective therapist without my relationship with Christ. I just can't. And when I find myself being ineffective, because truth be told, as therapists, we have our ineffective moments, right? That doesn't make us ineffective therapists, but we have our ineffective moments. So when I find myself being ineffective, that means I'm not connected to the vine thoroughly. Um, I'm, I'm engaged in busyness versus um, productivity. And sometimes that can take away from that relationship, that prayer. You know, that doesn't mean I'm not going to heaven and doesn't mean that I don't know him. It just means that I'm, I'm focused too much on the natural. And so prayer and meditation are part of my um, self-care every single day. Without it, I don't, I can't be productive. I can't be um, purposeful. I can't help others. And then, you know, some therapists call it instinct or gut feeling. But for me, it's the um, indwelling of the Holy Spirit that allows me to be able to speak healing into other people's lives. I'm so committed to the healing process and helping people heal. And sometimes I find myself being a little too committed and getting frustrated. But again, that's when I got to back up seek my Lord's face and allow people to take their time on their journeys because it is personal. And I had to learn, you know, I cannot project greatness, my greatness onto other people. And when I say my greatness, meaning like I look at my clients and I see such greatness in them. I see such potential in them. And, um, and I try to, sometimes I find myself trying to push them to that greatness. So I'm, I'm projecting my greatness that I see on, in them on them. And that can be frustrating for them. And so that's when I got to pull back, seek his face and realize that it's personal. It's a journey and they will come to it on their own time. And some may not, but my job is to guide them. And my faith 
also allows me to kind of hang in there when um, I'll have clients come and say therapists have given up on them in terms of like no longer seeing them because of their spottiness and shoddiness. And, and while we do have a, a no show rate, my faith really helps me to believe the best of my clients and, and hang in there with them as long as I possibly can. And when they have to leave my um, calendar or my schedule, I always provide a space for returning clients to come back. And sometimes, and I do a lot of pro bono work. I do a lot of pro bono work. Um, a lot of people I see for free because I truly, truly believe that the blessing is in seeing them, um, just be, just be motivated to do better and to be their best selves and to, to get past some of the stuff that they, they've endured. And so hadn't, if it wasn't for my faith, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be, I would be, I would have gotten weary a long time ago. So, uh, my faith really keeps me sustained. Um, some of the stories that I hear in terms of trauma. And that's the other thing. It, it really is my faith that gives me the ability to hear some of the horrendous things, the heinous things that adults will do to children in terms of sexual and physical. And then the heinous things that adults do to one another. And then still be able to come back for more, you know, come back the next session and still be effective and still give them hope because I, I, I can understand why they would feel so hopeless but because of my relationship with Christ and, and what I know he's, know he's done for me and what I've seen him do for others, I know that there is always hope. There's always an opportunity because God loves us that much. And so I try to pour that into each and every one of my clients because I am a living example of that hope. I'm a living example of that hope and how he blessed me with so many people that were not blood relatives that believed in me, that invested in me when I wasn't showing them anything worthy to be invested in. They believed in me. And so because of that and because of who he is to me, Christ, who Christ is to me, I'm committed to being there and, and believing in people when they don't believe in themselves and letting them know that it's not I. But it's the Jesus inside of me that sees who you are and who you were meant to be. And so as a result, I believe that my mission is to help folk to go from discouraged to determined. And my clients will tell you, sometimes I am really tough on them, but that's because I believe in them. And I do have an endearing commitment to their well-being. All right. So those were some really lovely questions. Thank you so much, whoever uh, submitted those. Don't forget to uh, DM me again if you have any additional questions or if, if it wasn't answered to, you know, to your uh, exact clarity. But those questions again were, what's your proudest career moment and what role does faith play in my life and work? All right, now, holla at y'all. All right, y'all, our audience has spoken. You had questions and we had answers. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on all of your podcast listening platforms. And please, please, please follow me on Instagram and Clubhouse at Dr. Dawn on the Real and on Facebook at The Same Gang. All right, now, until next time, y'all, stay sane.